I wonder if you heard the gospel. So some of this homily is, is quite settled because it's words from Jesus. So if we can't trust the words of Jesus from the Bible, we can't trust anything in the Bible. And if we can't trust anything in the Bible, then ultimately we don't have anything to believe in. So part of it is settled because it's words from Jesus. Part of it, in my mind anyway, is a little unsettled or it's a little uncomfortable because, because it's not how we normally talk about entering into heaven. It's not how we normally talk about following Jesus and, and going to heaven after we die. So it's, it's a little unsettled, not because I don't believe it, but because it's just different. And you'll understand that in a minute. But first, right, I, did, you, did you hear the gospel? So just briefly to, to walk through it. Jesus is, is traveling on his way to Jerusalem. Someone asks him, Lord, will only a few people be saved? Will only a few people? Think about how you would answer that question. How many people go to heaven? Jesus' response is strive to enter through the narrow gate. For many, I tell you, will attempt to enter, but will not be strong enough. And then he goes on to talk about how there are these insiders, these are these people who think that they're insiders. They think that they belong in heaven, but they're, they're locked out, and so they're knocking. Lord, open the door. And he's like, I don't know you. No, 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 no. Like, Lord, open the door for us. We, you ate in our company. Like, we saw you. I do not know you. Depart from me all you evildoers. And then he says, there will be wailing and grinding of teeth because you're going to see all these people in heaven and you yourselves locked out. It's kind of a hard word from the Lord, right? So we got we to we sort of we gotta wrestle through this a little bit. What, what is, what's going on, right? So it's, it's a fair question, Lord. Will only a few people be saved. And his answer, his answer is strive, strive for the kingdom, right? He doesn't, he doesn't give a numbers thing, right? But nonetheless, it's kind of, it's kind of a terrifying thing, right? Strive to enter through the narrow gate for many, I tell you. How many? Many. In another place, in the gospel of Matthew chapter seven, Jesus says, enter through the narrow gate, for the, way, the road is broad and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And many there are who find it. And the road is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life. And few there are who find it. This isn't how we normally talk about entering into heaven. It's not how we normally talk about following Jesus. And yet, this is what he's saying. And I was thinking about uh, this morning when I was, when I was praying with this, uh, I was thinking about how, how brutal it would be to be one of these people who think that you're an insider. You think that you're, you're on your way to heaven, and then you find out that you're not. <laughs> how horrifying. Right, so we, we've, been, we've been talking uh, in our parishes for the last few weeks about et- this eternal perspective that Jesus has. So I, I brought this, this rope a, a few weeks ago. So uh, an image, right? So this little part of our lives is the time that we live on earth. And then as Christians, we believe that when we die, uh, we enter into a new kind of life that just goes on and on and on and on. It doesn't stop. It's an eternal life. The rope eventually ends, but, but eternity doesn't end. 
And so the, the point is that, that this part of our lives that we're focusing on is, is just so small compared to forever. And Jesus, while he cares about this part of our lives, he wants us to, to receive him, to know his love. He wants us uh, to believe in him during this part of our life because this is the part of our life where we receive salvation. So he's concerned about this part of our lives for sure. But at the same time, he always has forever in mind. And so, so for someone who always has forever in mind, there are certain things that, that maybe a person might want to get caught up with in this life, but, but he or she knows this doesn't ultimately matter because it's just a little sliver in forever. Right? So that's, that's the perspective that Jesus has. And so now today, he's, he's revealing to us, uh, and in other parts of the Gospels, but today he's revealing to us a little bit about what this forever can look like. He tells us that forever can have one of two possible qualities. That is to say that when you die and when I die, your forever is going to have one of two possible qualities. The first one he talks about as, as though it's like entering into a banquet. In another part of the gospel, uh, he talks about how, how the day of the Lord's come, when he comes, there's going to be this judgment. And for those who believed in him, who followed his ways, they're going to hear this voice from heaven that just says, well done, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your master. You just, you just gotta, you just gotta try to imagine that for a minute. Like, you're invited to this wedding banquet, this this grand banquet that's in heaven, and when you arrive, it's like, oh man, I'm so happy to be there. But then you find out that that God is actually happier to have you than you are to be there. That's just incredible, right? That that you're like one of the guests of honor in heaven. It's amazing. <laughs> It doesn't get better than that. Where you like you're sitting, like think of God and how, how much greater He is than you are, how much, how much more amazing He is than, than, than we are. And, and here He is so happy to have you in heaven. And Jesus said this in our gospel last week. Uh, don't worry, like just your father is pleased. He's pleased to give you the kingdom, right? Like this is this is his desire for you, is to, to welcome you to his banquet. Like amazing. But then we hear in our gospel passage this other possible characteristic of forever, wailing and grinding of teeth. Wailing and grinding of teeth. Why? Because you find out that you're not allowed into the banquet. You look and you see all these people, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You see all the prophets. You see people from the north and the south and the east and the west. And they're all reclining at the table of the banquet. And they're having a great time. And for some reason, you're not allowed in. You're locked out. And it's not just that you're locked out for like the evening. Remember, you're locked out for forever. So maybe, maybe you, your, your, question, your next question could be the question that I want to ask, right? It's like, okay, if that's the case, right? If it's, if it's one of two possibilities, and then if it's the case that Jesus says that many find the way that leads to destruction and few find the way that leads to life, then the question is, how the heck do I find the way that leads to life? Right? Like because, okay, if God wants me to have this, but, but somehow not everyone receives it. In, in fact, it seems like uh, there's a lot of people that don't receive it. So how do I get there? Right? And so the, the question that, that's originally asked is, 
Lord, will only a few people be saved? They're asking the wrong question, right? Like, how many people is this, Lord? No, no, no. The, the, the question's not how many people. It's how do I get there? How do I get to this place of being saved, Jesus? And so that's the question that he answers. He doesn't answer the how many. He answers the how question. What does he say? Strive. Strive to enter through the narrow gate. That's how. Strive. It's a word we don't use very often today. What does it mean? To strive means to make great efforts to achieve or obtain something. So if I'm striving to enter into heaven, striving to enter into the banquet of God forever with God, that means I will make great efforts to achieve that salvation. Now this is, this is a reflection question. When you think about your spiritual life, your life with God, is this how you think of it? When you consider your spiritual life, do you put forth great efforts to grow closer to God? Now, I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm actually grateful this weekend. I don't know many of you at all. Uh, I know some of you, and I've gotten to know some of you, and I look forward to getting to know you better, for sure, over, over the time. But, but this weekend, I'm glad because, because none of you can, can think that I'm talking specifically about you, right? <laughs> but here's the thing. Here's the thing. I look at the world, and I look at the parishes where I've been. I look at the overall Christian community. I look at my own life. And if I'm going to be honest, if we are going to be honest, the answer is no. Most of us do not put forth great efforts to grow closer to God. If I'm honest, and I was, I was kind of terrified this morning, when I, again, when I was praying, it's like, I don't, I don't strive all the time. Sometimes I do. Sometimes I put forth great efforts to grow close to God, but, but there are plenty of times when I just forget about him. There are plenty of times when, when I get caught up in things in this little part of my life, pleasures of the flesh or, or arguments or debates or things that ultimately just don't really matter that much in terms of eternity. And I just, I get caught up in this. And sometimes my getting caught up in this is actually like, it's going to have eternal consequences if I don't repent. And so that's actually scary to me in some ways. Because Jesus says this, strive to enter through the narrow gate. And if I'm not striving, then that means I'm not really listening to Jesus. And if I'm not listening to Jesus, well, he says another place in the gospel, he says, you are my friends if you do what I command you. And so if I'm not doing what he's commanding me, then that means I'm either not a friend of his, or if I am a friend, I'm being a crummy friend of his. And who wants to invite a crummy friend to the banquet in heaven? Now, this isn't, this isn't meant to be something that, that makes you feel like you're definitely going to hell. But maybe, maybe this is Jesus trying to catch your attention and mine to simply acknowledge that heaven is certainly not guaranteed. And that if, brothers and sisters, if, if you and I don't strive for heaven. That is to say, if you and I don't make great efforts to grow spiritually, then there's no reason for us to expect heaven. 
Because if we're not striving for the narrow gate, that means we're choosing the way that is broad and easy. And that way, Jesus says, leads to destruction. And he doesn't want that for us. And so he warns us about it. And this isn't, this isn't just like a Jesus thing, and this isn't, this isn't like just a me thing. In fact, St. Paul says to the Philippians in chapter 3, so St. Paul, of course we know this, is, is one of the great saints, right? He's, he's one of the great saints of history. And what does he say to the Philippians? He says, brothers and sisters, not that I have already obtained this, that is heaven, not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own. Because Christ Jesus had ma- has made me his own. Brethren, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Do you hear this? St. Paul, right? The great St. Paul. He says, I don't even consider that heaven is guaranteed for me, but instead what I do is I strain forward. I press on toward the goal. I was thinking about this. Last weekend in our, our second reading from, uh, the, uh, to the Hebrews, it says, Since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us rid ourselves of every burden and sin that clings to us and persevere in running the race that lies before us while keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus, the leader and perfecter of faith. Let us persevere in running the race. How many of us consider our lives as Catholic Christians as though we are running a race? I think most of us, and again, sometimes I fall into this, most of us are okay with just sort of standing still at the, at the start line. Most of us are just sort of okay with meandering around, You know, maybe I get distracted and I stop along the way and buy some ice cream or something. St. Paul, or the the author of of Hebrews says, let us persevere in running the race. Running it. Entering through this narrow way, striving. It's maybe a hard word from the Lord, but I think it's a worthwhile warning to receive. This is just the the last little example that I've got here. So I spent the last couple days hanging out with one of the seminarians for our diocese. So seminarian is someone who's studying to be a priest. So he's a really good young man, uh, 22 years old. And uh, I knew him when he was in high school. So when he was in high school, going into his senior year of high school, he was the best player on his football team, the best player. Now, he played in North Dakota, so it's really not that special. (laughs) But he was the best player on his football team. He recognized, going into his senior year of football, that football had become more important to him than his pursuit of Jesus. So he quit. So that he could spend that next year focusing on his relationship with Jesus. So that he could spend that next year striving for the kingdom of God. Brothers and sisters, for us to receive this warning from Jesus, for us to strive after Jesus, sometimes that means making really difficult decisions. Sometimes it means cutting out certain behaviors in our lives. Sometimes it means cutting out certain people in our lives, not your spouse. Sometimes it means cutting out entire areas of your life. 
so that you can be more free to run the race toward forever. Because after all, right, this is hard, but after all, can you think of anything during this part of your life that wouldn't be worth sacrificing for the sake of the joys of heaven? I can't think of anything. I can't. As hard as some of those sacrifices might be, so I just want to finish with an encouragement, the same encouragement that we heard at the end of our second reading. Strengthen your drooping hands and your weak knees. Make straight paths for your feet, that what is lame may not be disjointed, but healed. Jesus wants to heal you. But for you, as a healed person, that means your one focus is Jesus. And so for, for you to receive healing, to be willing then to say, Jesus, I'm willing to sacrifice it all because I believe in you. I'm willing to sacrifice whatever I need to, whoever I need to, so that I can run with perseverance this race toward eternity.